0: Hey guys, so before I go into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to make an announcement. So if you are new to the podcast or if you've been listening to the beginning, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. But I just want to make a special announcement that my first ever book is going to be coming out on the 3rd of December 2021. And the title of the book is The No-Nonsense Approach to Female Fat Loss. And this is something that has been brewing for quite a while and it's something that i'm very very passionate about and inside the book you'll be kind of looking at how to understand your mental cycle how to understand your cravings when to push your training when to ease off your training how to train and eat during your pregnancy and train around it pcos how to understand endometriosis amenorrhea which is lack of a cycle the pill is it beneficial what type of pill is more beneficial does it does it impact your sex drive we talk about perimenopause and menopause and we talk about thyroid and there's many other topics that we talk about so it's fairly in depth it's going through every single stage uh, that a woman can go through and it's fairly in depth a lot of research a lot of effort has been put into it so I'm super super excited to announce that the book is available for pre order through the link in the episode notes, and it will be available through the link in my bio on Instagram at Shane Walsh Fitness. Or if you want to head over to ShaneWalshFitness.com forward slash pre order the book, and you can get all the details there. It will be available on Amazon from the 3rd of December as well, which I'm super, super excited for. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys enjoy the book. Any questions on the book, let me know. But I'm super, super excited and hope you guys. a copy welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast so today guys is a very very useful podcast because it's a lot of tips on like the silly season is about to come on us in the next kind of like two or three weeks this could be the first time we have a christmas in about two years this could be the first time we could have christmas parties and kind of nights out and nightclubs are starting to open up in ireland and and this is a very very useful inform useful podcast for kind of practical tips if you are losing weight so today's guest is sarah catterson so we talk about loads and loads of different things so sarah is at sarah catterson coaching on instagram and sarah's blown up over over lockdown and she's now living over in in spain and working hard and she's grown an incredible business over the last little while and it's incredible to see because i know how hard she actually works herself so we talk today about kind of the truth about cheat meals are they beneficial to people are they good or bad or whatever it may be we talk about normalizing bloating and how important it is that to realize that actually bloating is a thing and to kind of normalize the whole thing we talk about the truth about toning exercises and this is going to blow people's minds regarding that. We talk about whether to track or not to track. If on holidays things are opening up, the world is backing up, thank God. So it's realising that should we actually track calories when we're on holidays? Should we work out when we're on holidays? We talk about tips to kind of manage nights out. There's lots of other stuff that we talk about as well, but it's very, very useful information for for people out there. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Sarah. Sarah, how are we? Good how are you? I'm very good I know we we're kind of chatting off air for about 40 minutes we're like we actually yeah, we were. better record right now we're trying to solve the world's problems yeah. um so how how did you kind of get into kind of like fitness realm get into PT and give us a little bit more of a background uh, about yourself
1: I, f- I feel like all all of these are always the same answers like yeah kind of my own little sob story and then it goes into how I can help everybody else but uh I genuinely did just fall in love with training as cliche as that sounds and as much as I hate saying that but I we were talking off air about people having degrees and doing doing different degrees before they actually fell into coaching and that was a bit like myself I fifth year sixth year it was like oh god I need to find something because everyone else wants to be a doctor or a dentist and they're going to be rich and famous and I need to find what I want to do. <clears throat> so I went into event management because I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And I was in six years, so parties sound fun. And went into event management, hated it, dropped out after three months. And I always wanted to be veterinary nurse. So I actually moved up to Donegal and I started veterinary nursing. And again, I dropped out. But my headspace was really, really low at the time, really really bad and i was a couple of years older than everyone in my year so for me they were all going out partying and drinking so i would just go to the gym when they were doing that and that's kind of how i fell in love with that and from someone for like my whole childhood and school life i was always much bigger and i had gained quite a lot of weight and i began with the coach and lost weight and i think it was when i began to feel so much better about myself I was able to then help other ladies who might be stuck in the realm of fad diets and quick weight loss that I had done it over a long period of time that I wanted to then be able to help other ladies feel a lot more confident. And I suppose that's how I got into PT was because I just wanted to help other ladies that might've gone through the same situation as me. I was called big boned and all these little names when I was younger, that they always stuck with me. And I had that, that persona in my head that I was never physically able to actually get, I have a smaller physique. Um, and I still get messages from ladies saying, I can't train upper body because I'm a broad girl or I have broader shoulders or I'm, I'm big boned. So can you help me get on a diet for someone who's big boned? And I thought all of this as well, so I suppose it's it's kind of stemmed off from that.
0: It's interesting the fact that like that the labels, I know we did an episode recently on the labels and stuff like that, like that how much they can actually like disempower you and become, yeah. become like a, a narrative for yourself. And it's interesting that like you're finding that other girls are fine. Mm-hmm. They have like, as you said, like I've had those messages before, like I, I'm kind of like I'm thicker on my quads or I carry all my weight in certain areas. I'm like, yeah, but that's still you. It doesn't make yeah. you less of a person. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of talk yourself and reframe that from yourself? Or what advice would you give to someone who's in that training of thought of having those kind of like negative labels towards themselves?
1: One, if it's coming from someone else, you need, need, need to realize that that's on them and that's not on you. So the person who is maybe potentially calling you that, because a lot of the time when someone comes to me and says they're big boned or they are broader or bigger it is because they've been told that and that was definitely from me as well from being a young child kind of told from other girls that big boned or other guys because you know when you're in primary school all kids are going to say whatever has come to their mind but it's that one thing that's going to stick in your mind for like 10 to 15 years And the more you tell yourself something, you you actually believe that. It's like when you tell a white lie. And if you tell it over and over and over, it can actually, you can be like, oh, God, is that even a lie? Because you start to believe it yourself. So the more you tell yourself something, you are going to believe that you are that. So it really does start with the mindset. And you can't physically change your body if your mindset isn't worked on first. If your mindset is plummeting yet you want this amazing physique you're you're never going to get there because you're not going to wake up in the morning and want to go change your physique the best way possible in the healthiest way possible if your mind isn't in the healthiest position possible so you need to work on your mindset first we were actually talking about therapy off off camera there and that's something that I just think is still in 2021 god is that the year we're in yeah (laughs) 2021 that is still almost like looked down upon I would talk to a lot of ladies and openly I'd say well I actually think this is because I want to stay in my line of work that that's not something I'm educated to talk to you about so I think that maybe you should go see therapy and they almost get a bit offended yeah. as if they excuse me you think I need to go to therapy And I'm like yeah girl it's interesting it's fun like you get to learn about what your mind is telling you and uh, one really interesting book is called The Chim Paradox. I do not know yeah. if you've heard but I've read it, but yeah. yeah, it's a brilliant book. And it's, it's just learning about your mindset because you, we don't always have, we have control over if we go to the gym because we're making our body move and walk to the gym and go do it. But we don't have control all the time of what is going on in our mind. So if, if your mind is telling you that you're something, you're going to start believing that. But working on the mindset first and as I said therapy is absolutely brilliant for that
0: it's interesting thing you brought to therapy because I think a lot of people do think it's like a personal attack of when they say like I think you're better or suited for this but then it's like well I'm actually not almost like I'm not screwed up enough to go and warrant to go and talk to someone about how I actually feel it's like you first of all you're not screwed up first of all you don't need to be screwed up first of all it's an outside voice outside of your inner circle, which is probably where your, a lot of your triggers are coming from because they're probably talking about body weight and all this kind of stuff for other people's weight or making uh, comments on other people's opinion or appearances, unfortunately. Um, but they're just pushing their own insecurity. So it's looking at like, what is your inner circle looking at first? Have you got the people in your life around you that are actually giving you valuable information and giving you valuable advice? Because if you're, if you're, if you're taking like kind of dieting advice off, I don't know, Sharon, who's been in slimming clubs for 20 years and really struggles, no offense to Sharon, but I wouldn't take advice off her. You don't go to a doctor for legal advice. It's the exact same thing. Um, You also mentioned there about kind of sorting out your head space first Mm -hmm. rather than your body. Because I think a lot of people think it's going to be the other way around in yeah. that it's going to be like, well, if I get a six pack, it's definitely going to sort my issues. I'm like, from yeah, if thing, I don't put
1: will feel good. That's what people say. Whereas it's actually, if you feel good, you'll start to look good because you want to work on yourself.
0: And it's understanding, as cheesy and cliche as as kind of this sounds, Like it's understanding why you are actually doing something. Are you doing something for you or are you doing something to fit into and get that kind of like dopamine hit of yeah. here's my bum on Instagram. Here's my six pack on Instagram. Here's I'm going to get loads of dates and stuff like that. And that's all well and good, but it's still going to leave you with that emptiness inside in that you are always looking for it extra validation from somewhere else. It's like you need to give start giving yourself the actual self-love because and that's the hardest part for a lot of people. They don't believe that they're they're worth certain statements or sentences and that's the hardest part
1: as irish i've realized since i've moved away that people in different countries if you say to them god you look great they're like yeah i do thanks whereas in ireland it's like oh god you've lost weight you look great or you've gained muscle you look great um i haven't really i still need to do something or i still need to work on myself like we can't give ourselves compliments or accept compliments it's always trying to find the negative even if even if you're happy with it you almost feel like you can't it's like in school when they say write down three things that you're happy about yourself and everyone's sitting there looking at each other is it okay if i write something is it okay yeah. if i write that i like my hair or i i like my legs because it's, it's almost like frowned upon if, if you like something about yourself
0: yeah no and i i would like, it's also like say if someone gets famous someone some, some iron someone irish gets famous and you know someone that kind of gets a very popular whatever it's kind of like, oh he's getting too big for his boots it's kind of like you have yeah. to almost knock them down as well when you're actually feeling that way about yourself it is a very Irish thing
1: or if um, someone gets a new car god they must have won the lotto god <laughs> they must have got a promotion why can't we just be happy for people
0: but it's uh, the prime example is that you've you've recently moved over to Spain it's kind of like oh, Sarah's definitely just sitting on the beach for eight hours oh, a day gosh. she's definitely not working
1: yeah oh 100% but it's not the case no definitely not the case
0: um one of the big things that kind of comes up and I know you've done like loads of like little um reels and stuff and one of the big ones when I was kind of doing the research on this was in relation to cheat meals and this can get a lot of like hate because there's always two extremes in any fitness industry thing it's kind of like well if you're a bodybuilder the cheat meals like the rock has cheat meals so that makes it okay or else you've gone on a Mary down the road calling things cheat meals. What are your kind of two cents on cheat meals and where do they actually, do they actually fit in for most people?
1: So cheap, labeling food as a cheat from a psychological standpoint is, is extremely damaging. And at the moment we have such a high amount of eating disorders, body dysmorphia, and it, it's just increasing as the months and years go on, especially after lockdown, And you'll see coaches prescribing cheat meals, like almost drugs over the counter, as if they're absolutely nothing, as if this is going to help you. And the whole thing about cheat meals is it's now dividing food from good and bad. So we don't look at food as fuel. We don't look at food as that's going to give me energy, that's going to help me Um, feel fuller for longer, it's just good and it's just bad. It's almost like you need a little piece of paper down the middle of the fridge and you can go to this side when you're on Monday Friday and you can go to this side on Saturday. And having those meals told to you is almost like a bit of magic fairy dust that a coach is telling you, well, if you have these meals on Monday Friday, you can actually slam a pizza and chips and everything on a Saturday and you can still get results. But what they're not telling the client is, that from Monday to Friday, you're actually starving yourself because you're on really, really low calories. And that's how I'm going to fit in that little cheat meal. And at the end of the day, I, I just don't understand the word cheat meal. Like you're not cheating on a 10-year relationship. You're just having a burger. And if you break that burger down, it's a bun, it's meat. Meat might be cooked in oil. It's just, it's just a source of fat. You're having lettuce, tomato, veg, and you're having another bun. just just call it a higher calorie meal. Like there's no need to call it that because if you call it a cheat meal, cheat then leads to guilt. You wake up Monday, you're guilty. What happens with guilt? You start to restrict food. And then this guilt binge restrict cycle starts to happen. Then after six, eight, 12 weeks, they're finished with their coach. They've learned nothing and they've no education behind why they're eating foods. So they now think that okay, well, if I restrict really, really low because I've just had a few drinks on the weekend, I'm gonna to have to eat nothing this week, and then that poor client for the rest of their days until they do find a coach that might educate them is just going through that hamster wheel of binge and restrict, and it's just severely damaging. Like you, you're, you're just—it's just dough. It's just dough that's making a pizza. There's no cheating about it.
0: Uh, I think, as you said, I think it's like you, 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 you cheat on a relationship where you cheated an exam or whatever i thought but this isn't a this isn't an exam this isn't a test No. it's um like i the, the way we kind of phrase it with our our end is i like make it a date night like yeah. actually make the like because whatever you're saying to your kids they're picking up on that and if you're kind of like not having a negative if you're having a negative relationship with with food and you're kind of saying oh i can't have this oh i'm, I'm being good today your kids are going to cop onto that like kids yeah. are like sponges they pick yeah. up like the smallest little things, good or bad, negative or positive, whatever it may be about little traits that you, you're, you you've got stuff from your parents. I've got stuff from my parents, whatever it may be. And it's no fault of their own, but it's kind of like, well, if you're labeling these foods with well, something you can control, but no food can make you feel bad unless you allow it. And no food is off limits, which is the hardest part for people. If they're coming from a Slim and club background, it's like, oh, I can have a certain amount of sins. I'm like, your know, sins is a made up word. and it has the wrong spelling. For yep. fucking first of all um, yeah. it's it's weird like,
1: if you're gonna spell it at all
0: exactly um so it's kind of like you're, you're 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 caught up in this world where it's like it's a made-up word and you're letting it ruin your life you yes. have to look at a point like if you're if you if you sign up with a coach and the coach has given you a cheat meal or a meal plan and you've left there kind of like well oh okay great i've got my transformation but then within like 10 days you've put back all the way back on then you have to. That's
1: another controversial one. I just don't agree with meal plans. And the reason why I don't is because, and I know I've seen coaches say, well, I give them calories and macros and I still educate them, but I just give them a few ideas. Ideas are fine. That That's okay. But what is a meal plan actually teaching someone? Because the meal plan in my eyes is a marketing scheme for that person to keep having to pay you every 12 weeks because they're terrified to go out on their own. You're not teaching them what is actually in their food. You're not teaching them about portion control. You're not teaching them what's actually going to fuel them. And if if you just constantly, if your teacher was to go in and fill out all your exams for you, how are you going to learn in school to be able to go on out on your own? Because the teacher's always done it for you. So you're never actually able to do it on your own. And if someone is constantly getting meal plans, when they finish that meal plan, they then need another one and another one. And it comes Monday evening, they look at their meal plan, it's chicken curry, they go to the fridge, they have no chicken. Instantly, instead of seeing turkey mince beside it, saying, oh, I'll make something else, they're like, no, I can't have this actual meal, so I'm going to have to start tomorrow. So they go straight to the freezer, grab frozen pizza, when they could have used the initiative from education, from fats, carbs, protein, that they can make something else. But they're in that tunnel vision of not knowing how to make something else. So it's, I'll start tomorrow. And that, that's how it always happens with meal plans.
0: It's also realizing that the meals that you eat on a daily basis, you, they don't need to be Michelin star. I think that's the hardest part. is like, oh, I definitely need a new recipe book. I definitely need this recipe book. Like, yeah. no, you don't. Like, sometimes I like, just scrambled eggs on toast is exact. But I can't have carbs. Where does it say you can't have carbs? Where is it written into the constitution that you cannot yeah. have carbs? Yeah. But, like, it it it's it, like, it, it, it hurts the amount of people that have that, still have that belief. Like, I was even talking to uh, my uncles and stuff, and they were like, well, can I have this? What's the story with this? What's the story with this? And, like, you guys are, like... 70 years old and you still think you can't have these foods and kind of like it's it's like and they haven't even done the slimming club backgrounds it's just like that's the, that's the way that they were brought up with that information
1: but the slimming clubs you're allowed have pasta all day long all day long and it's a uh, free food apparently this is what
0: i've been told free of what
1: <laughs> that is what i'll never know it, it, it anyway i think that's another podcast <laughs>
0: i don't know I've, I've kind of slated them enough i'm surprised i haven't got like a fucking lawsuit at this stage um in relation to kind of like we'll talk about kind of like carbs and stuff but in relation to kind of like bloating because i know you put up a post probably about a week ago six days ago uh relation to kind of normalizing bloating and i think this is one of those things that when because men and women get bloated but it, it's a little bit more common for women particularly because of the time of the month and stuff but words and negative labels can be put it on by a lot of people it's like oh I feel fat well fat's not the feeling mm. so can you kind of talk about like normalising bloating and kind of like how you the little tips that you have work with yourself when you're you're kind of feeling a little bit more bloated after a meal or whatever it may be
1: yeah. Um, So I suppose if you haven't seen the post, I basically put up a post. I went out for food and I put up a photo of me before and then literally a photo of me 10 minutes after just eating pizza. I didn't gorge on that pizza. I didn't binge on that pizza. I didn't eat more than my body wanted. I just bloated after having dough because my body doesn't essentially agree with it. Does it make me stop eating it? No. But what I will say is bloating every single day isn't normal. So I don't, I would never, and I did put that into my post because I wouldn't want someone to think that being bloated and discomfort and painful every day is normal because that would be something that you need to address. What the post was really about was that especially with Instagram and body image that you could scroll. And I have unfollowed quite a lot of people on Instagram because I find that it They're not showing really what women can look like. And you can scroll through Instagram and this person is showing that they're eating a pizza and blah, blah. And then they're showing like shredded abs after. And I'm like, you you don't look like that after. So please don't put it up and show that you do because most women are then eating their pizza and wondering, oh my God, okay, I need to restrict tomorrow because I've I've gained like an inch in my stomach. And my whole point in that post was that food has to sit somewhere. Food has to go somewhere. So when you wake up in the morning and what you look like in the evening is going to be two completely different people because you have eaten and you have drank water that they have to sit somewhere throughout the day before it's digested. But obviously, with the likes of IBD, IBS, Crohn's, they're obviously different situations. That of course you will suffer with bloating. But if you are someone that suffers with bloating every single day, then a few things that I would address or look at would be, and one main thing that people never look at or never think of is chewing food. If you, I'm always giving out to my boyfriend, like it's it's like a shovel; it just it just goes down in one tunnel. And um, if you're not sitting down and Putting your fork down in between bites or in between spoonfuls, and you're just shoveling it down and you're not even breathing while you're eating, that's going to cause discomfort and bloating. If you're not chewing your food enough before you swallow it, that's going to cause extreme bloating. So, there are two things that people don't even realize. Another one that people don't realize is stress. If you're really highly stressed, you can suffer with bloating and then poor sleep as well. Then a, another one would be hydration. People think that, especially after a few drinks, oh, I better not drink lots of water because when I drink water, my stomach expands. You're, you're, you're just, you've water in your stomach. Of course, you're going, your stomach is going to expand a little bit. Um, but hydration massively is going to help with that. And then obviously, if you are constantly suffering with bloating, having a look and pinpoint foods that may not agree with you. So having like a food diary. And I use my fitness pal with clients. Even if you're not tracking calories and macros, using that as a diary is brilliant. You can just input the food that you've had. And then by that evening, if you're really... Painful or sore, and you're noticing that that's happening all the time. You can then pinpoint the food that you're having. And I would, and I used to think actually that you completely remove that food, but I have learned recently. And um, I think Larry Doyle spoke about this that you. You reduce it, and then you'll you'll slowly start to bring it back in, rather than completely remove it.
0: Yeah, so FODMAP. So yeah, it's essentially like you you kind of take it, you kind of take out the food first, and you slowly bring it back in to see if it was the trigger food. Was, yeah. and then then it's kind of like it's kind of normally danger in the dose for an awful lot of people. It's kind of yeah. like well, I, I'm okay after say one bun, but if I have two buns, I may not feel amazing. So I I know where my limit is then. And that has to be done with kind of nutrition, start of dietation. like just go and like, if you're, if you're bringing that in with IBS and stuff and Crohn's is a different uh, kettle of fish altogether. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to listen to an episode of Crohn's uh, go and listen to Ben Carpenter's interview. Oh, it's with, absolutely brilliant. With James Smith. Yeah. Um, that's the best one. Like if you like most people will be looking at, at, at Ben and saying, right, that's body goals for a lot of lads. Yeah. But, that man is in a lot of pain on a daily basis and yeah the way he talks about it so open and honest about it it, it it's it, he's doing a work for the, the, the kind of the, the crowns community and it's one of those like we have one or two clients with crowns and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to kind of watch it um but it's kind of recognizing essentially what's um what's the trigger and how to actually manage a property yeah. Um, there's there's another kind of question that kind of comes in an awful lot in relation to kind of exercise. And I know this is the fitness buzzword for, I think, uh, I'm going to say for women mainly, I think, is the word toning. Um, I'm going to let you go off on a rant here about the truth about toning exercises.
1: Just before I go into toning, I just want to mention, because I feel like I've just tarnished bloating. (laughs) Bloating is so normal around your period and ovulation. Just in case some women were like, shit, she's just said I'm not meant to bloat.
0: No, it but like it, like it, it, it is. But it's all like it's completely normal. But it's yeah. also like there are tools to kind of manage it. And like what Sarah said, regarding hydration and food and mastication, yeah. like not masturbation. mass we can do masturbation, too, yeah. but yeah. mastication, <laughs> um, but all that kind of stuff and getting your veggies in will really yeah. help. And reducing caffeine and alcohol, that kind of shit. Yeah. So, toning exercises—the truth.
1: <sighs> toning exercises. So toning is not a thing. Toning does not exist. And um, so. I, I get messages off ladies saying what's the best way to tone my bingo wings is one that always comes in is the big one is the word. Um, how do I tone the inside of my thighs? How do I tone my stomach? The L the L six pack is the one that is always coming up.
0: Or the, the lower ridge near the belly one. The lower,
1: the lower. Um, and especially women. And I just wish women would understand that un- unless you go to severe extremes, with lowering your body fat that you are going to have skin and a part of your stomach where your womb would be as women we have to have that part of our stomach unless you go to severe restrictions of needing to lower your body fat but toning is essentially when you lose a certain amount of body fat to show the muscle that you have built and there is definition there that's what toning actually is but there is no exercise that will tone your arms. There is no exercise that will tone your legs. And no single exercise. That would come from, and people get bored when you tell them the answer because it's not the answer they want to hear. They want, they don't want a a spiel. They want you to tell them that one answer that by tomorrow they are going to look like the rock. And that, that gets boring for people. But at the end of the day, you have to be in a calorie deficit to potentially lose body fat, obviously, with the whole realm of everything else, with hydration, sleep, stress, and you need to do that over a period of time to essentially lower your body fat, to show the muscle that you've built with progressive overload. So progressive overload is when you are essentially lifting weights and you are progressing each week, whether it be in reps or less rest time or pauses or making your exercises harder. So if you're constantly going to the gym for six weeks and you only ever squat with a five kg, never, ever increase, and that's all you're doing, you're not progressively overloading. So that's what you need to change to essentially build muscle along with um, a high protein content. So people, by the time I explain that to them, they're asleep because they're not bothered with doing all that because it's not a quick fix answer. What they want is to go on to TikTok and see the words, how to tone my arms and do that exercise and just get that result. And one thing that I suppose it's not really the same thing, but when I see on Instagram, all the time I see on Instagram of almost like an advertisement and it's like, I want five ladies to start coaching with me that want to lose 10 pounds by three, four weeks time. How can you promise that to people? How how are you actually promising an exact weight loss for five different women and the same weight loss for five different women? And it's the same with toning. Do this exercise for toning, or you'll see on TikTok, make this recipe for fat loss. How is that recipe going to make me lose weight? And then there's no back end or and it's just social media. You can put anything up there and you are guaranteed if it's clickbait that people are going to like and follow. And that's all these people want. They could not care less about your physique. They couldn't care less about what's on your plate. They want you to like and subscribe. Oh, God. Are you glad you asked?
0: I'm glad I asked. I think that was therapy for Sarah there. Um, but I, I'm glad you said it because... It, like I'm you mentioned first of all the kind of the, the lower ab region for kind of women and stuff like that like that's your pelvis like that's normal to have that little bit of a rage and unless you go to stupidly low requirements or have a genetic factor whatever it may be that is going to be there and it is normal it is it's 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 there for a reason and uh, it's there to protect you, you need that a little bit more fat to protect your organs and if you don't have enough fat or energy on into your body your body goes in safety mode and turns that switch off and you stop ovulation and you won't be able to have babies. And yeah. that's, and that's completely your choice if you don't want to have kids, but it has to be, it has to be looking at your health, but in relation to toning and stuff, there is no one single exercise that will get you toned. There is like the, 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 the C words, uh, had Kim constable on the sculptor vegan and she was like, the C word is that is the filthy word that a lot of people don't want and its consistency. And <laughs> C
1: word? yeah.
0: you're like let's see where it's not the one i'm thinking yeah (laughs) well she she did say it too but it's not that one yeah um but it's kind of like consistency over time and i think that's what a lot of people don't want like they'll look at people up on social media or tiktok and like oh she did this exercise to look like Mm -hmm. that yeah but she probably did it a lot of times plus was consistent probably had some people could also be like juiced as well but it's kind of like that's that's up to them if they want to do it that way but it's kind of like are you taking in the proper information it sometimes hurts me from a point of view of like if you keep putting out proper information it's like it's you're not going to get the growth that someone that's selling that shit of like i'm going to lose you 10 pounds in four weeks or i'm going to get you toned in whatever it is it, it, those quick fixes aren't going away anytime soon, unfortunately, because we are a net one now generation. Like you can find your partner on social media or you're on one of the apps. You can find a dopamine hit from an app or you can find a 15 second... Well, the whole Instagram thing is completely changed now It Reels. If you And put the up,
1: thing is, no coach is going to put up a an advertisement post saying, start coaching with me if you want to lose your period. Start coaching with me if you want to... <laughs> Ruin your hormones. Start coaching with me if you want to never have a drink, never have a chocolate bar in your life, Um, and you might actually get abs at the end of it because no one's going to click on that because it's telling them exactly what's going to happen. But what they will tell them is start coaching with me if you want abs, and that person is straight away going to click because they want abs, but they don't realise that potentially they their values, their social life, that's all gone because that they're potentially going to bring it down to a point of me and some coaches don't that this is not tarnishing all coaches there are amazing coaches out there that can do it in a very slow professional consistent way that made people look amazing and um, I've never lost my period I've never had hormone imbalances and I've gotten incredible shape before as well so it's I'm not saying all coaches do that uh, and I had coaches helping me with that but there is clickbait out there to try get you to do that and that comes down to that coach just wanting an amazing before and after to just post on their page
0: yeah i think that's it like if you if you are working with a coach you're looking for an, a transformation or you're looking for abs and stuff like that but if you're still going out in the weekends or if you're still like emotionally eating and then still wanting a six-pack the two goals aren't aligned yeah. one's tarnishing the other one stop the other but then what generally comes back then as well, I've never, I'm not much of a talker. I'm not going to deal with my shit. I mm. kind of, like, well, I can get you to your goal, but it's going to be a car crash at the end of it. So which do you want? And generally, most people, unfortunately, will probably go, well, I'll deal with my shit at the end of it. Yeah. But they're never going to deal with that shit. They're just pushing it down the hill. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not it's not nice to watch because I know when we're so I, I've, I've turned people away. It's kind of like, but I'm not going to do this for you.
1: Yeah, um, I do my coaching in blocks of eight weeks. And I've had some ladies who have signed up and then the day or two before talking to them about their goals and they'll tell me, okay, I want to lose 10 kg. And I say that, well, you won't, and that's not possible. You shouldn't be losing 10 kg in eight weeks because it's probably, especially for your height, your weight, your age, your lifestyle. And they'll tell me they might be going out every weekend. I say, that's not, that's not what you should be doing, nor will I actually be coaching you to do that. And a refund will be given because I am not going to coach someone out of what I would do myself, nor what I think is okay to do. And that person will take the refund and they'll go find someone that will make them lose 10 kg. And that that's fine, but I, I would never personally do that. And I don't think any coach should do that, but that's
0: but well, I think what the problem with now is like. Is, like with online coaching at the minute, there's literally no barrier to entry. You don't have you don't have overheads over your head. Like you, you, um, you all you need really is a laptop on a phone or you don't even yeah. need the phone. You can just use it off laptop if you want off email. And yeah. like people are so money hungry now. It's like, well, I need to get to the six figure business or whatever it is. But like you'll find, you'll get found out eventually. Um, yeah. And especially in Ireland, people talk and women talk. Irish women talk, Um, and if you're doing something right, generally your name will get out there. If you're doing Mm -hmm. something wrong, Mm ten people are—I think the stats are like Mm ten people will will say negative things. It will go to ten people if it's something negative, Mm -hmm. and then that will spread by ten, by ten, by ten, by ten. So, like, and Irish people love them all. (laughs) So it's gonna—it's gonna get out there. So it's—it's—it's important to kind of realize: uh, Are you look? If you're looking for the quick fix. You need to be doing it for the right reason, one, and you need to say realistic expectations. If you're looking to lose 10 kg in six weeks or eight weeks, or whatever, maybe it, depending where the girl is coming from or where back what back, background she is, or the guy, or whatever, maybe most people will not be able to maintain that. And no, yeah. and
1: also, as well, some ladies will come and say they want to lose 10 kg, and I'll chat to them about why it wouldn't be why it wouldn't be responsible of me to do that, why it wouldn't be good for them to do that. And they'll then realize, oh, I didn't know that. And that's the thing, like clients are coming to coaches for help. We should be there to listen. We should be there there to guide. And when we do guide and when we do tell them that it's, it's not right and they shouldn't be doing that, it's also not their fault to think that in the first place because um, I would hate a lady to be listening to this and being like, oh God, I thought that. And am I wrong to think that? I thought that as well until I educated myself and had help from other coaches that it was just as quick weight loss as possible is going to help. So the more coaches actually are honest with clients, the client might actually stay with them and it might take them 10 months or two years to get to their goal, but you have then helped someone in a in a more responsible way than just trying to get money into your bank account and plummeting the client's relationship. Because essentially, anyone that's telling a client you can lose 10 kg in six weeks is probably a client that's going to give cheat meals. So their relationship and how they're trying to help their psychological mind around food is never going to be good because you can't lose that amount of weight by enjoying social life and still having your values at the weekend and seeing family and friends.
0: Yeah, well, unless you want to suck eggs for like six weeks, yeah. but like I wouldn't. That doesn't sound very appealing. No. Um, like one of the things is like a lot of people are are kind of heading away at the minute with kind of like holidays, and it's amazing to kind of see so many people heading away. One of the big kind of common questions is, like, should you track or not track uh, on holidays? Um, I think the answer is really it depends. But I'm going to let you take it away.
1: <laughs> I personally wouldn't recommend it um, and I tell clients not to do it and I don't do it myself so I know I'm, I'm living over here so I think for the first two weeks when I moved over here and I was putting up meals and I was putting up macros or calories and talking about that kind of stuff people were like god you're tracking on holidays like would you not take a week off and I had to then explain it's because I'm living here it's the same as me being in Ireland I'm, I'm working every day I'm, I'm still doing the exact same I'm not on holiday but I did take a holiday last week and I had family over And I didn't open my fitness pal once. I was way over calories every day. I had cocktails every night. I had pasta, pizza every night. And that's because that aligned with my goals at the time. What meant the most to me wasn't to be shredded. What meant the most to me wasn't to be in the best shape of my life. What meant the most to me was to make memories, have fun with my family and friends. And I was okay with the fact that this week I would maintain Or if I gained, so what? It's weight, you can lose it. And that's that's one of the main things that you need to be okay with that. So if you're not tracking on holiday, you need to be okay with the fact that, do you know what, when I come home, if I have a little bit of gain on the scales or if I'm a little bit heavier or if I'm feeling more bloated, it's temporary. It can come back down. You do not need to restrict when you come home. You just need to enjoy yourself and then get back on track and, and start making better choices when you come home. But it, especially after lockdown, going on holiday, you've spent how long in lockdown? You're going on holiday. Enjoy yourself. It's one week out of your year. Just like I actually had a lovely lady and I started my my coaching block on Monday and I do a massive Q&A and one lady said, my birthday is this weekend. Um, should I? How am I going to track on my birthday? And I was like... Well, the only way you track on your birthday is that you do not open that app and you enjoy everything and anything that you want. And it's not that you're going to binge on your birthday, but it's one day a year. You should never be making yourself feel like you have to be having chicken, rice and veg, not that you should be having that every day anyway. But enjoy your birthday. It's one day a year. Enjoy your holiday. It's one week a year. Personally, for me, I love to train. I don't do it as a chore. So when I go on holiday I will book a a hotel with a gym, or I'll find a local gym because that's what I enjoy. So I'm sure people are rolling their eyes here, and that's not what you enjoy. But what I would recommend for you to feel good while you're on holiday, if you still want to feel good, is your output. Stop getting taxis everywhere. You're in a new location, go out and adventure, go for walks, walk to dinner, and you might find some amazing new places that you've never seen before. And I can promise you that week that I said that last week I took on holiday boy, do I have an appetite and boy, did I eat. Um, And absolutely nothing changed with my scales or my measurements or I still feel great because my output was so high. I was going on walks with my family and I was racking up 20K steps a day, but it wasn't like I was making myself do that. It was just because in my eyes, I wanted to explore new places. So I went walking and I just cannot tell you how much output is going to help you with either maintaining on holiday or just in general if you're not on holiday steps and output is going to help you massively with your changes but no on holiday do not track just enjoy yourself enjoy every moment
0: I I 100% agree with you And like I think uh, what you said there about kind of like do not open my fitness plan on birthdays and stuff like that I think a lot of people for an awful lot of people my fitness battle as as a crutch. And it's kind of like, well, part of the end, the information that you've kind of looked for at the beginning as well, I'm going to lose two pounds of weight loss a week and kind of aim for 1200 calories kind of like, well, if you are having a pizza, you're probably having double that. Um, yeah. Well, if you get a Domino, it's probably about two and a half thousand calories for a medium one anyway. Yeah. So like you're, you're better off being able to say, well, What can I track? Well, I can track my mood. I can track the memories and like my kids want me to be present or whatever it may be and kind of go on that way and see how, how that actually, that actually makes you feel because ultimately your kids could not less give less of a shit of what you actually weigh they're they they're they want their parents to be present they want their parents to be happy and like if you're kind of constantly opening up an app it's kind of like they're like well but mom or dad why do you keep opening the phone and not paying attention like they're going to remember that yeah and that could potentially get, like scar them down the line like you have to look at it from a point of view of Yes, you potentially are on a weight loss journey, but if you're away for one or two weeks, there's still 51 or 50 weeks left in the year that you can still, and you shouldn't probably shouldn't be on a diet for 52 yeah. weeks a year anyway. Yeah. You need to take little breaks and that freaks people out as well. It's like, why am I taking a break? It's because potentially you just need a little bit of a rest from psychologically, from like if tracking, if you're tracking or from mood and food or whatever it may be. Taking a little bit of a break is not that bad it's it's there for a reason and it's there to make a longevity side of things for you as well um that kind of leads in with that you were talking about kind of having the cocktails and stuff on the the weekends and stuff uh when you're you know when your folks are over and on the weekends now even um what are your kind of philosophy and what are your tools kit that you have in in your arsenal regarding to uh alcohol and kind of fat loss and the stuff that you kind of give tips for clients
1: so when clients start with me, they may have come from previous challenges that it was completely no alcohol allowed or it's completely off limits. And I think if you tell, I know if someone told me not to touch a, a wet paint wall, what am I going to do? Shove my hand right on it. Or if you tell a child not to do something, they're going to do it. So if you tell a client not to drink alcohol and they might actually have never drank alcohol before, it's the first thing they want to drink because you've told them not to drink it. Yeah. So they, alcohol shouldn't be off limits. Yes, you can still get results while drinking alcohol, but there is a fine line when it comes to, and there's no point me saying there's not, because at the end of the day, if you want fat loss, that comes from a deficit and calories have one gram of alcohol is, is seven calories. There is calories in alcohol, and it is nearly double the amount of calories of protein or carbs. So there is calories in alcohol and they do add up, especially the likes of your cocktails or your beer. They're much higher in calories. There is lower calorie drinks that I'll chat about in a second, but you need to then realize that it's not just your night out that could potentially be ruining your goals. And I know I'm, I'm talking about enjoy your holiday, enjoy your drinks. I'm going to take like another perspective of it from people who do want to get changes and do want to lose weight and, and need to take these changes that if you are drinking every single weekend, there it's not just that Friday night that you need to kind of look at people will say to me I tracked all my drinks and I'm tracking my drinks every weekend but I'm seeing no changes and as much as I'm sure as a dick as I sound did you did you track all those little handful of nuts that you had while you were while you were um, having the drinks and I don't want them to weigh out the nuts I just want them to be aware of picking at the nuts picking at those crisps they could have had 800,000 calories of just little nibbles while they're having that drink. Then they wake up, feel like shit. They go and, and they get their hangover fry. A fry they might input on my fitness pal is like 500 calories because they want it to be 500 calories, whereas a fry could be 12, 1,300 calories. Then it comes into their takeaway on the, on the Saturday night, and that's loads of calories. It's not just your drinks. It's, it's your food the day after as well and the night of potentially that is, is very high in calories. And then your sleep is impacted for many nights, you're dehydrated, and then your recovery is going to be seriously low after you are drinking. And I'm saying this as if I've never had a drink in my life, but I'm just giving the background of what is is potentially going on as well. So your recovery is really low, therefore your sessions aren't going to be great. So if you're drinking every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday your sessions are going to be quite low and you're probably going to be in a surplus. Therefore, fat loss is going to be much harder. So there is a fine line. Of course, you can lose weight if you're having a couple of glasses of wine every week or you're having your gins. But if you're smashing, going on benders every weekend, there it's, it's a tumbleweed of your drinks, your sleep, your recovery, your training, your higher calorie foods that are just going against the weight loss or fat loss that you're trying to achieve therefore your dieting phase has now gone from maybe three months four months five months, six months to a year and no one should be dieting for a year but that's because you're constantly rolling on off on off on off and some changes that i would recommend if you are going out for a few drinks that i personally do myself Sometimes I just enjoy the day, as I said, birthdays or whatever, I'll just completely enjoy everything about it. But if it's maybe a regular occurrence that there's more social events, I'll make sure that I'm having higher protein meals that day. I'll make sure that my veg intake is much higher. If I'm going out, I might have like a a massive egg white omelet because I'm trying to fill myself with high protein meals rather than just having a massive sandwich and crisps and loading myself with carbs. Then I will make sure that the next day I will get up, go for a walk get as much hydration as possible. And then personally for me, I will train, but I actually saw an amazing post from Shona Virtue. Mm -hmm. And she actually, I think it might only went up yesterday. And it was a little eye opener for me as well, that the body is trying to get rid of the toxins in the body and training is actually a massive training. Anyway, is a stressor on the body that training is now putting more of a stressor on the body And so I'm not going to say I recommend training the day after or I recommend training the day after that. Personally, for me, I like being active. It just makes me mentally feel a bit better. But again, there, as Shona showed, there is research to say that you shouldn't train the day after because the body's just trying to get rid of those toxins. And now you're adding more stress to the body. So that is one thing that I'll mention. But with, I suppose, drinks that evening, the likes of your spirits like vodka and, and gin mixed with soda water or sparkling water and lime, you're still slightly hydrating yourself. So that's a little tip that I I give. Um, Rather than the likes of beer and cocktails, they're much higher in calories. Um, And I know I'm going off and around, but I want to, I suppose we're coming up to Christmas. So I do want to slightly put this in there. I was chatting to my clients yesterday and it just resonated with a lot of them. that you need to look at your goals and your realistic goals and what you're trying to achieve. And then look at all the social events that you have going on what is ahead of you for the next couple of months, how many nights out you have, and what you actually really want to remember for the next couple of months. Is your family and friends a little bit more important than your goals at the moment? And if you give yourself a goal of, okay, from now to Christmas, I want to lose four or five stone. Okay, well, is that going to align with the amount of social events that you have going on? And if you strive for that weight loss, and you're constantly striving for that weight loss, like, yeah, you're going out every single weekend. You are constantly standing on that scales. You're constantly looking at the goals that you're not achieving. And then you're you're telling yourself you're a complete failure. And that can actually go the opposite end then. You can start to get pissed off at yourself. You're angry at yourself that you're not getting that weight loss and no one should be focusing on a, uh, on a, a weight loss or no one should be focusing on the scales anyway alone. But if you're not achieving that, then you potentially could end up just saying, fuck it, and binge in, and going the opposite way. Whereas if you look at it realistically and say, okay, I have eight social events, eight nights out now till Christmas. If I maintain what I've achieved right now, I'm going to be in a serious position by the time I get to January because I haven't actually gained loads. And if you allow yourself that in your head, you're mentally telling yourself, it's okay if I gain a little bit. It's okay if I don't see... A severe weight loss around christmas because you are setting yourself up for failure if you are trying to get a massive weight loss for christmas
0: what's always surprises me is i was talking to someone yesterday on a welcome call and they're like every year on the first of december i decide to try and do a diet yeah. i'm kind of like well is that realistically the probably best- the
1: worst month to diet ever
0: it's uh, that on the first of january yeah. it's the, the two worst times to try and start a diet it's like well i i am trying to undo all my drinking but well first of all there's the issue yeah there's the issue what are you trying to undo that's like me trying to undo my baldness it's not gonna happen <laughs> stop trying to un- try to try, stop trying to un- unwrap things or trying to make things more difficult for yourself trying to find a balance i love the point that you said like you fuel yourself for your nights out like you eat what you're having on a normal day to day basis because so many people like we'll will, starve and, will starve and restrict for the day it's like yeah. well, no wonder i'm absolutely shit face after about two pints yeah. and then i go to zaytunes and then i'm waking up on a kebab like that's not, not like and then you're like try to reduce the, the takeaways afterwards as well it's interesting the thing that you brought about up about uh the exercising watch what, what shauna said i do think some sort of movement could help um like if you're expecting yourself to be able to go and run a marathon the next day you're not tom hanks like don't like probably just don't do that or don't do a spin class and it's not about sweating out of you it's literally just being able to move your body because i guarantee it'll probably help you sleep the next day anyway and probably get a power nap in. you'll probably wake up more fresh anyway and you're probably setting up yourself rather than having that sluggish mood on the monday or the on the tuesday afterwards depending on how quickly you recover but the hydration tip and some getting some sort of i know it's pissing around here in Ireland at the minute but getting some sort of movement in uh, you've recently kind of like taken up you've been working with the coach for the last little bit and I know we were talking off air you were kind of like how do I actually answer this question I was kind of like okay. well you've answered it without you even realising it yeah, yeah. what are the biggest lessons you've learned from getting coached about yourself one well, and, and kind of like the stuff that you've kind of implemented with clients uh, yourself because um, you made a very very bad point off air about kind of that side of stuff
1: remember what I said off air now
0: oh it was I'm not going to name the coach but it was in relation to the values that you allow oh
1: yes um so I was with a coach a while ago and again as I mentioned off air it wasn't the coach the coach was absolutely incredible but about four or five years I had a holiday coming up to and my my mindset at the time I wasn't a coach myself I wanted to get as lean and as shredded as physically possible for that holiday I, that's all I wanted and I, I achieved that and it wasn't um, brought down to severeness it was done over a long period of time I still enjoyed myself I still enjoyed food there was no severe restrictions uh, the coach was absolutely brilliant but I got down to what I wanted so it was I had ticked off my box is that I wanted to get lean and but when I went on holiday I was still in that mindset of what the fuck do I do now where do I go from here and I had learned that or on holiday, I was still subconsciously, even in Asia, like taking out my phone and putting in chicken fried rice on my fitness pal just to roughly see where I'd be on that day. And oh God, I still had an amazing time traveling, but I do have that slight regret of me, and this goes back to the holidays as well, that I tracked over there. I I was worried about my physique on holiday, even though I was really lean. And I definitely had no education around coaching and I had no education around how to kind of get out of this feeling. And I've taken that with me now that I can now educate ladies about using my fitness pal as a tool and as an, as almost like an education method that should be gone after a period of time. You shouldn't be wanting to track your food for the rest of your life. If you are still using my fitness pal after years and years and you haven't been able to take breaks from it, then you're not actually learning. Because as humans, we only eat 20 to 30 items of food, we don't really go past that. And you're constantly eating the same foods. So after you've been inputting, you've learned about portion control, you've learned about protein, fats, carbs, etc. And what you're using to fuel your body, you should be able to go out on your own and actually be able to eat these foods without inputting it. But that's what I learned from then that I had just got, I didn't care about anything else. I just cared about being lean. And that would always be one, I Actually, just started with a one-to-one um, lady there. And she even came to me and said she has in the past gone to extremes. And now I know from my own experiences that I'm able to help her from, okay, well, that's exactly where we're not going to go and how we're going to achieve a great physique and a great mindset but without taking those extremes because once you can almost cross a line that's essentially where those body image negative body images can come into play um but again as i said the coach was amazing other other than just my own mindset didn't wasn't great but i'm able to use that now as my own education to help other ladies but the coach that i'm with now is just like every every day is a learning day and um, he's absolutely incredible luke from the muscle mentors and he does they do their own um course as well which i haven't done luke so i'm sorry but i do want to do it it looks amazing
0: no i i haven't done it either but i've i've, I've seen i because i know one of the other luke's other uh one of luke's many other clients um and then but they have an education portal for pt so if you are a pt there's many education portals out there like lift the bar and stuff but like muscle mentors have an incredible like resource and knowledge like I yeah. remember seeing I
1: also it. always get asked like why do you have a coach if you're a PT why do you need a coach and I think some people might think god she must be a shit coach if she needs a coach to help her Well,
0: I would probably say it the other way around
1: yeah so like Annie and I I think it was Paul Mort who said this oh. Annie coach who has a Any good coach who has a coach in their corner is going to be a much better coach because they're actually willing to learn off higher coaches from them. And that's why I picked Luke Luke was because he has much more knowledge than I would do. So I know that training with him means that I'm able to learn a lot more for me to be able to relay that to my own clients. And then for me, it means I don't have to do my own program. I don't have to worry about my own training. So I can just put 100% into my own clients.
0: It's interesting what you said about what Morty said. And it's kind of like, well, Cristiano Ronaldo has his own kind of like fitness coach. And I don't yeah. recall him being shit. What are you, you don't recall him being shitty, shit at fucking tracking at the minute. But um, uh-huh. but yeah, like it like every coach, I think at some stage should be looking for guidance from someone because like if you think you know it all as a coach, you're probably in you're lying to yourself because mm-hmm. there's not a day I don't go by, it's kind of like, well a little nugget or if i'm talking to yourself or like talking to someone on a podcast or whatever maybe there's not something that i can, I can like rephrase it to someone else or because most people is like with special pts like we can over complicate the most the most basic thing because science is there and if you're that way oriented, it's amazing but if you can't verbalize it to it, like as if you're talking to a five-year-old, it's yeah. very, very difficult. And it's also being able to kind of like take a step back and say, well, am I pushing my goals onto the client? Yeah. Because the client is the one that's there to get their goal. And it's kind of like, well, if the client stands up for a six pack, but I feel they're not in a position to get a six pack, you're like, well, let them go with it for a little while and say, right, this is what we tried, it hasn't worked. Can we try my approach now? And then, then we'll try that. But if they're still not willing to listen, well, then it's kind of like, well, it's, it may be kind of a car crash down the line, but if you're willing to go down that route, I will support you. But it's kind of like you, have, you were going to have to stay on afterwards in order to get back um, to kind of like reverse diet. And that's the hardest part for people. It's like, well, why would I want to reverse the diet? This doesn't make any sense. Why would I want to reverse everything that I've tried to sign up with a coach for in the beginning? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it does make a lot of sense from a psychological point of view and your body, especially for girls, your body needs a break. And lads, your testosterone needs a break as well. Um, Sarah, I can't thank you enough for giving up so much of your time. Um, There's so much in there, the cheat meals, the bloating, the toning, tracking, uh, the alcohol and fat loss. I think it's going to be a big one for a lot of people and the lessons that you've learned. Where can people find out about yourself uh, regarding your coaching and the kind of, uh, you've got one-on-one and you've got group at the minute, don't you?
1: Yeah. So you can just find me on Instagram, Sarah Callison Coaching, or you can just email me if you need any more information, saracallisoncoaching at gmail.com.
0: Amazing. So Sarah, thank you so much for for coming on.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you.